Hey folks, welcome to the 21 Gun Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Sullivan. With us as always is Jam Master J over on the turntable. We're not on mute, are we? Okay, good. Now we got Jam Master J. That would be Jam embarrassing. We're we pointing for no reason. We twice. It's happened. <laughs> it, it happens every week. Every week we spend 30 seconds just talking and no one can hear us. And of course we have um, a philosophical friend. I think we're going to go with that. However, when you have a nickname, it's usually the same letter. So it's going to be philosophical with an F. And I don't actually, I spelt it correctly uh, for Did your you? little, yeah, your little thing. Oh, there. I see it there. Yeah. Yes. Welcome to the show, it's everyone. It's your fault, by the way. This is the uh, official show of a new generation of warrior. Uh, some would say a warrior of irreverence, right? <laughs> um, I would say we are a microphone for those that may feel like the world is silencing them because of all the BS that's going on. You just kind of have to get in line and listen to everyone else's BS. And we have a lot of issues. Veterans have a lot of issues. Um, so, yeah. And, and if you ever want to come on the show and you ever want to voice these issues or talk about things, just just give me a, uh, what is that, an email. Kevin at 21gun.net. <laughs> Spell that out. 21gun.net. Uh, do you know, I just realized there, there's the National Defense Service Medal, always earned, never given. That's technically the National Defense Service Medal seat. I, I haven't moved the, the post over, over there. Yet. Yeah. Is that it's behind Jeremy. It's so perfect. Gets, like right here for like, me. Right you can see it. I don't I have the it. I don't have the view up, so I can't see. Oh, what's you can't see it. It's like right by the left side of his head. Kind of like over there. Well, right. we'll we'll do something. Maybe we'll get a bigger one. Uh, I wanted to open the song, or I wanted to open the show with this song. Um, so <laughs> just enjoy it. This made me laugh so hard. And the problem with it is it's a good song. So it's, it's from the 90s. The problem with it is for the rest of the night, you're going to be singing it. For the rest of the night, you're going to be, he, it's going to be in the back of your mind. Never going to. Let the bodies hit the floor. Let oh. the bodies hit the floor. Let the bodies hit the I don't know if this will get us kicked off. It's not copywritten. It's a remix. Oh my god. Is this Kids Bop? It's like Kids Bop. <laughs> Ready? Ready? Watch this. Watch this. It fits perfectly. Oh my god. <laughs> You've got to be oh kidding me right now. Yeah, I'm going to have nightmares tonight. With the words. Oh. Yep. <laughs> the fuck are we doing tonight? <laughs> you did. It works perfectly. It's so perfect. It works perfect. I don't know who did this, but I want to kiss him. I only want to hear this version of the song for the rest of my life. I don't want to hear any other version of the song except for this. This is it. Could it probably be found on iTunes? Oh, Gunny Wolf, I, I dare you to make a separate out of this. I dare you. <laughs> oh, speaking of Gunny Wolf, I got to put that on the list here. 
We're probably gonna get banned for this song. You know what? If we do, it's worth it. Totally worth it. Totally worth it. How many Bradley fighting vehicles were dudes listening to this actual song while driving through Baghdad or wherever? You know what? When we go back to Afghanistan, if one of y'all, I swear to God, if one of y'all make a video of this, if you in Afghanistan listen to this exact song, did you? I'll donate a paycheck to you. Did you guys? That was awesome. Well, yeah, of course, right? That was actually uh, awesome. You listen to music when you go into a combat zone. We would do it all the time. We would actually pump. I think I said this on the show before. We had an engineer that was savvy because in those days it was the you know the old iPad iPod where it was like you had the wheel yeah, and everything. Yeah. yeah, but we would patch in like uh, uh, Creedence Clearwater Revival, and we would bring like the army in uh, or even the Marines, and we would fly low level and just blast that in the back, and they were so pumped up. They were like, "This is fucking awesome." <laughs> Uh, fortunate son or, or, you know, whatever. But That's amazing. It's yeah, one I, of those de-stressors, dude. Like oh, my you're gosh. A, it was great. When you're on a route clearance and you're just sitting there for hours and hours and hours, you didn't care what you were listening to as long as you were listening to something. Oh, yeah. I didn't give a shit. So those guys were called uh, There I Ruined It. Pull them up for a second. I'm going to give them a plug <laughs> because that made that laughing like I, that. That was not ruined. That laughing was, like that I, is one of the best I things you just, can do. There's just no amount of like. Yeah, yeah, there I ruined it. Okay, yeah, and check it out. They do this with with like everything. They so have yeah, Compton October. Oh yeah, pull that one up. Pull that one up. I don't. I don't want to just get into this, but that's pretty fun. I put that on my Instagram the other day. Click. Oh, we're gonna have to hear a stupid ad. Oh, oh, it's an ad for the service that we're using. Ironically hey. enough, we'll give them a plug. Now about to witness the strength of street knowledge. I think I said this to you. Straight out of Compton, crazy motherfucker named Ice Cube from the gang. <laughs> didn't, I, didn't I send this to you? <laughs> I don't think so. Maybe you did, but I. All right. You can pull it down. People are so goddamn creative. Uh, I, you can go into YouTube. I do this. I remember like, I don't know, five or six years ago, my niece was staying with us and she would come in this room. She's like 14. I'm like, what are you doing? She's like, I'm just on YouTube. And I was like, you're sitting here on YouTube. I'm like, you're not watching TV or anything. And now I get it. Cause I can go down these things. Have you ever heard of Bob and Bev? maybe oh my god i'm going to this is what you are now like i feel like i'm giving back to the world bob and bev is a gift that keeps on giving pull up there i feel like he's about to corrupt us oh no 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 this is beautiful stuff already i feel like we're about to be corrupt this is beautiful stuff and i think the link i sent you okay yeah check this out this is bob and bev i want to drink beers with bob and bev the audio sucks when we when we stream it through the what the? Watch. I didn't realize. I had to pick. Yeah, I feel it. No. Do y'all feel it? Do you feel that? So Bob and oh, Bev. Shit. Oh, shit. Bob and Bev um, lip sync or whatever this is called. Karaoke. Karaoke. And they have like. And look, it's a green screen over a green screen. Over a green screen. They're not in the same room. <laughs> and he's so off, too. <laughs> yep. Drowning deep in my sea. I love you, man. How? It's like 80s, 80s editing. They're just rough editing in between lines. My human 
sense. All right, you can bring that down. That's me on a sober night. Here's the thing. Like, people would think we're making fun of them, and I no, absolutely no, am not. The balls no. to do that and to not, like, they're oblivious to the fact that it's awesome, right? We need to get, all right, I'm, I'm going to promise you I'm going to get in touch with Bob and Bev. We're going to get a Irreverent Warriors Silky song, or I think they're from up, up in the Midwest somewhere. Get them to a hike. To do like a, a hype song or something. When I tell you, work on when that. you get to the point in your life when you're doing stuff like that and you just don't care. You don't. You, <laughs> it, the irony, you re, uh, the irony a, of three guys reached, who don't give a shit and doing a, a radio the show. Level of like fuck it. Yep. All right. Yep. Speak, speaking of fuck it, uh, <laughs> uh, we have. Let me pull up our guest actually. So tonight's guest, we're not going to pull him up yet. We got some other things to talk about. But tonight's guest is. Former Special Operations Marine Raider. He's a CrossFit athlete, owner of Deep End Fitness. Really cool uh, sort of uh, gym. Because, you know, every gym is a gym now. Some have kettlebells. Some have whatever, Muay Thai, whatever. This guy decides to, he's like, he's a Marine Raider. And he hangs out with Navy SEALs and is all that, that stuff. Is he doing hot goat yoga? No, what they do is they go underwater and they lift weights. So it's not hot goat yoga? Not at all. Now, I would do hot goat yoga in a heartbeat uh yeah i bet you would <laughs> he specializes in <laughs> functional fitness and aquatic training is an advocate for strong accountable and professional transitioning from military to civilian life he's a graduate from chapman university's bachelor of science blah 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 uh, awesome awesome guest i wonder what he's going to talk about i don't know it's like because it's in the future jeremy it's in, i'm hoping for hot goat yoga talk. it's in like 30 minutes so i don't know what he's going to talk about I mean, it could be about, anything. We're about to find I'm out. still wanting. We're going to find yoga. out when I in 30 minutes, Jeremy, we're going to find out in 30 minutes when I interview him. Yeah. In 30 minutes. In 30 minutes. In 30 minutes. I'd be disappointed if you did not. Sunday night. What's yoga. today's date? Sunday night, October 3rd. We'll be having Don Trent. You guys will all get it in a minute. It's a stupid joke. Crazy week. I just returned from Jellystone National Park. Uh, it wasn't National Park. Jellystone Campground site. I'm going to say, and you got back in time? I don't camp. <laughs> I don't know. That's Yellowstone. That's straight glam. Oh, he, gets okay. his, he gets his geography from the actual cartoon. I do. No, I, I do. went to, I, yeah, I, I don't do tents. I don't do sleeping bags. I don't do pads on the ground. I don't do any of that bullshit. Get the fuck off. Air, that's his Air Force talking. <laughs> yeah. That is 100% Air Force, Air Force talking. Your Air Force is showing. One hundred. The only time, survival school is the only time I had to like sleep on the ground, and we didn't have anything. But um, that was, yeah. Was it was soft, yeah. cushiony, pillowy grass? Oh, no, we were in the side of a mountain. Funny he, story. He had some I, young I, PFC cutting it the right length for softness and comfort. PFC, what, what branch are you in there? Uh, yeah, I went to um, uh, Jellystone and the Yogi Bear and all them were driving around, giving us high fives. So boo-boo. I'm a little freaked out. Explain to me if this is normal or not. Uh, if I, I don't, ever since I was a kid, I can't shake the hands of cartoon characters in, in their no? little suit it's something creeps me out about feeling the bony human hand in there like my brain says it should be a <laughs> a soft gushy like a, a teddy bear and when i they're always like oh and then i do that and it's like it's it's you know how some people don't like the sound of like paper tearing and their fingernails i can't take the feel of of a bony hand in a in a fake hand is that weird am i weird yes yeah a little bit yes okay i thought that was uh no 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 I mean, so basically, you're never gonna, you'll never be a furry, so that's good. Yes. No, I will not be a furry. I don't understand. I don't understand that. I don't because when I, I I've seen it on these shows and stuff, and I think. So what you're saying is you don't like the feeling of that bone or the. Bone. <laughs> but but, are you familiar? Are you familiar what furries are? Yes. yes. Now here's the question. I have a question for you. 
Is it a sexual oh, thing? Or yes. yes, very is much. Is it hundred percent? Yes. I thought they just like to get dressed up, and that's how they. No, it's how a, they I'm gonna dress up as a shark. He's gonna dress up as a wolf, and we're gonna. That doesn't sound fun. What do they call it? Yiffing. Yiffing. Are you are you serious? Yes, hundred percent. I'm a little disturbed that you guys know so much about this. And so, so people who are into that, they're watching a football game, and out comes somebody's uh, uh, mascot, and they're like popping wood because they see this thing. <laughs> They have to be right, because think about it. Like if you're into the you got normal the Denver thing, Bronco and the Buccaneer coming out, the <laughs> Donkey Show. Yeah, if you're, pretty much. If you're into nor like you know human sex, <laughs> and and naked whatever sex you're you're attracted to come running on the field, you're gonna be like, that's pretty awesome. It's there, like a people, strip club. There's a predilection, or there's a, a there's a niche for literally everything. There is. I saw what was yeah. that show? There was a show that used to do like people's weird things, and this one guy dressed up as a baby. And and he would like shit his pants. Was it the HBO show? Real I think sex? so. And Cassie the cab confession. That was his thing. And the woman would take the diaper off, and and that was, and he would have, he would sit in a big. I kid you not. He was sitting in a big, uh, baby bin. What are those called? Baby uh, crib. Baby crib? cage. Yeah, baby crib. And she would. Yeah, and he would like oh, cry. All, all sex cells. Oh, it could be. I don't know. It's so freaking. Gunny weird. Wolf says I'm changing my name now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're just keeping it rear, rear, rear. rear? Yeah, you sure. Are. <laughs> All right, it got weird fast. Yeah, uh, it's about to get weirder. Sorry about that. It could get weirder. I wanted to talk. I got some notes here. This is very random because I spent the whole weekend at uh, what's up. Just say it. Oh, no, no, just like go, we're going. Oh, oh, oh! I going. thought I thought he was yeah, trying to give me hand going. signals, and I wasn't going up there. <laughs> I was I was gone all weekend, so all the notes I had to do for the show literally I just dictated into my phone and sent an email to these guys. So it's it's going to be all over the place, but it's stuff I want to talk about. First thing I want to talk about. Well, this is like the fifth thing uh, that we never talking about is I'm refusing to forget about what happened in Afghanistan. I feel like the 24 hour news cycle has brushed that under the rug. I feel like people <clears throat> like I I refuse to forget about Benghazi. I refuse to forget about look. I, I'm not a one-trick pony. I'm pissed off at what they oh, did to get us into Iraq, and I'm not. I'm not, you know, forgetting that stuff. But I yeah. feel like I feel like, just like we saw with Benghazi, bunch of people died, bunch of people screwed up, and it's like, okay, that was last week. Let's keep moving forward. And I keep putting stuff on Facebook. Um, not not that me. I'm still banned. Not that it matters. Um, you have five more days. You'll be back. Five days. So the most recent part of the Afghan uh, debacle. Uh, this is. You couldn't. What was that? That um, uh, uh, catch catch twenty two, right? Did you ever yeah. read, read Catch Twenty Two? Fantastic mm -hmm. book, all about the mind fuck yep. of war and, and the military and all that. Uh, according to the Washington Post and Task and Purpose, before finally leaving K Kabul airport in the wake of the chaos created by the Biden administration's withdrawal in Afghanistan, U.S. Marines were given an important task: to destroy all useful items to the Taliban, which makes sense, right? Kill computers and yep. whatever else they can use. That's fine. They were also reportedly given uh, the task of cleaning up graffiti at the Kabul airport that was insulting to the Taliban and to pick up trash. <laughs> so they were cleaning the place. I mean, remember when they were doing this less than a week earlier, 13 of them died. died yep. And like, I don't know how many civilians and they actually had to go and do a what did you call those in the EOD? A post... Post-blast. Post-blast assessment yeah. or whatever? Post, yeah, post-blast. Yeah. yeah. And, and I mean, that's a horrible situation. And so so they go back and they write... Like, Jeremy, I, I put some of the pictures on there. Uh, I the have pics them in question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. So I don't have the, the monitor. Let me look You want me here. to bring so, them up? Yeah, yeah. Bring, bring one of them up here. 
Here's the uh, first one, the cleaning. Yeah. So can you blow that up at all? Or I feel like I'm getting congested. Uh-oh. Oh, no. Coronavirus. Uh-oh. Good thing I have natural immunity. Yeah. I'm a pure blood baby. Yeah, that's a... Uh, <laughs> that's, that's a thing. We that's won't even... Thing. That's a whole other... Oh, anyways, look at this. And, and what's funny is if you read the article... Here, let me read how they quoted it. Remember, these are civilians. Um, Another photo showed a Marine in front of a graffitied wall with the message F blank 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 ISIS and Taliban featuring a crude drawing of a penis. <laughs> I didn't see the penis the first time. his name is Daddy Doc. And I looked and I was like, there he is. Yeah, Daddy Doc. So, uh, oh, yeah, there he is right by So there. they had to clean the stuff up. I don't know. What do you guys, as, as jarheads, as okay, former so military it, members, if you just killed... Some of my guys and girls, because you know there there's a bunch you know, of women. There was two or three. If killed. you just killed some of them and you make me go in not there, not to mention the children. We actually women. they actually captured a few. We were ordered. They were ordered to clean the bathrooms as well as make them a living, uh, and shit ready for captives. They had to clean the bathrooms. Clean the bathrooms. Mm-hmm. So you had, had Marines to clean them for the. If I imagine taking a time machine back, right, it's the <clears> day after September 11th, and you're like, hey, guess what? We find out who did it. We found out who did it. We sent in um, the troops and we kicked their ass. And then 20 years later, we gave it back. <laughs> they would be like, shut up. 20, oh, so in 2021, you're just going to clean the toilets for these guys? Yeah, that's exactly what I mean. You can't make this stuff up anymore. And so you have a generation of people that lost friends, that lost their own uh, body parts that lost their minds that, you know, all the, the side effects of war. And then you have them cleaning freaking toilets for them because it's offensive to them. Who's taking, who's taking responsibility for this shit? Nobody. No, imagine literally that shit. Get it. Cause they clean the bathrooms. Get it. Yeah. Uh, no, uh, imagine, uh, imagine not only the poor Lance criminal that, you know, has to do that. Yeah. But also now you have to take into account that you had, Someone on high tells someone else yeah. to have to tell some. So eventually came down to some butter bar saying, okay, you, Sergeant so-and-so, I need you to tell your guys to go in there and do this and do this. So they need to clean the graffiti and they need to. So someone said, well, why? Yeah. And then someone answered back, oh, so we don't offend yeah, the Taliban. The Taliban. Or they probably said something like, we don't offend our, they, they probably like State Department right. allies or some right. bullshit now, line like that. Think about what you would be thinking about if someone said that to you. Yeah. So that would be akin to, so, all right, um, someone wrote some, you know, Nazi propaganda on the side of your garage. Right. That's like you coming, you are a cop, you coming to me, you say, hey, uh, I'm going to need you to go outside, clean that off of your uh, garage so it doesn't offend the guys that did it. Yeah. Yeah. You can't fucking make me. And, and we make, wonder. You can't make this stuff up. And we wonder why <laughs> veterans commit suicide at a higher rate than than really any, almost any population in America. Yeah, pretty much. Um, because it's, <clears throat> it's, you know, you can witness something horrible. That's one thing, right? You can mm-hmm. You can revisit things that you did. That's another thing. But then you can sit there after after even you know years of squaring that stuff away, and then you have something like this happen, and then you say, well, you know, everything I did, what what now, what now? And that's not, I mean, it's not a healthy. I don't have an answer, right? I'm talking yeah. about it. I don't right, have yeah. an answer. I'm yeah. just saying how how this okay, stuff no, keeps happening. No, no, we do have an answer. It's just not the one they want to hear. No, yo, that's going yeah. and glass the fucking place. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 
but you know, we were we were saying it back in '04 oh, yeah, in Iraq. Glass the fucking. There was yeah, but we we're also saying they don't have enough people here. They don't have enough yeah. people here, right? How many do we have at the max? Like 130, 150,000 in in country. You know, we needed a half a million, but yeah, no one would give that because that. That on the heels of someone literally looking at another group of people that are actually making the decision and saying, well, I suggested 2,500. To do what? Yeah. yeah Clean yeah. shitters? And, and then another one says, well, I said it could go up to 5,000. Again, to do what? Yeah. What is, what's 5,000... Well, and then the other thing, too, is people aren't speaking up, right? We can speak up because we're a bunch of old dudes that, that aren't in anymore. Uh, the people that should be speaking up are the ones like uh, Lieutenant Colonel Scheller. Scheller, yep. uh, and And look, I, I know it's a complicated thing. And I know they told him, you know, don't stop talking, dude, or you're going to get in trouble. But... Here's the thing. So, so basically what I'm getting at is, are the charges legit? I don't know. I mean, you probably, a lawyer could probably say, yes, they're legit. You know, he, <laughs> he violated an order. But the, what else do you do? But do you this, just, is, this is how you put fear and instill fear into your junior Marines, yeah. officer and, and, and yep. enlisted alike yep. by hemming up someone who's got a higher make rank example. and make that major example. All right. We got a guy who's devoted his career and life into this military career, almost 20 years. Just shy. And now we're going to say, fuck you. We're going to put you in jail because you have a difference of opinion or you have, you want to question your authority. Yeah. That's no. a great and, way to and, scare you. And the politicians brains. and it's always politicians that end up having eagles and stars on their shoulders. Those are the guys that they look to the politicians to make their, their answers. They don't look to the troops they don't look to the strategic. Uh, they they look at how that's going to look on a bullet point when I come up for my second star. When now, I come up for my, my now third to star. answer your question, how to can you know are the are the charges legitimate? Is it legitimate? Is it this? To answer your question, yeah. If I tell you enough times you're a piece of shit, eventually you'll believe it. You'll believe it. You said you if say I, it to me all the time, and it. <laughs> I, oh no! I, oh, it, no. It, hurts, it hurts. It hurts. It hurts where band aids can't heal. If I keep telling people, well, what he did was wrong, and I keep saying, well, I'm going to put all these different articles in there, mm -hmm. and I'm going to put a bunch of flowery words behind it, and then I'm going to give it. Every marine knows that one article that catches everything, and it's the catch all. Article 15. No, <laughs> no, no. no. It's, no it's, it's was it 133. Article 134. Oh, I think General he got... Article. Yeah, General article? He got pulled up on that yeah. one. Yeah. And so if nothing else sticks, that one will. Yeah, yeah. It's 134. General oh, okay. Article 134. The, the one, 133 is for an officer. So he, he's okay. facing he's facing decades in Leavenworth. Yep. Uh, there's been an update. He's already there. Yeah, he's, yeah, already yeah, there. Yeah, he's in pretrial confinement. The nature of the offense is being considered... The, at the Article 32 hearing, oh, the nature of the offenses at the Article 32 hearing are Article 88, contempt toward officials, Article 90, willfully disobeying superior commissioned officer, Article 92, failure to obey lawful general orders, Article 133, conduct on becoming of an officer. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that can yeah. be anything. So that, that can first be, one, read that first one again. Uh, I don't remember. Uh, 88, 88, contempt toward officials. The contempt towards officials. That's basically saying you're not supposed to talk bad about politicians. Yeah. So no, basically, no. we're no, all no, in violations. Oh. politicians. That one particular politician that's up there, because what you're saying is, oh, everything you did, yeah, was jacked up. Which everybody, a third cousin, can look and see that that was the wrong way to do any and everything. Yeah, but you still made that decision. Sure. But weren't we raised in the military to be like, hey, if you have a questionable order, question it. If you don't yep. feel it's right, you question it. If it's wrong, you disobey it. That yep. is the whole point. Yeah, and, and he is sitting in jail for doing his job yep. for for 
for speaking up, basically saying, exactly. why is no one being held accountable? They Look what happened in Afghanistan. And the only person right now facing any sort of disciplinary action is the guy who said, anyone going to take responsibility for this? And they're like, hey, guess what? <laughs> guess what, dude? Here comes the boot. And it's... Um, let me read this here. The article ADA, any commissioned officer who uses contemptuous words. So this is one. This is what we're just talking about. 88 uh, who use contemptuous words against the president, the vice president, Congress, secretary of defense, secretary of a military department, secretary of homeland security, governor, legislator of any state commonwealth or possession in which he is well, blah, blah, blah. So. So, yeah, he's in violation if he says anything contemptuous which is which could be anything it only could, because he said what he said when he said it because none of this happened when Hinman was on the hill and said any and everything contemptuous when the other person was in office here's my next question right so this guy this guy's got a wife and kids and and i think about this all the time mm-hmm. how much how far do you go, right? How far do you go? How far did the founding fathers go? They put the John Hancock signed his name as big. And I, I like to use him as an example for anything you're standing up for. Uh, if you're you know, trying to prevent suicide, if you're doing whatever your, your thing is, how far do you go? Do you go to the point of uh, you're broke, you're exhausted, you're, you know, your family's falling apart, but you did everything you could to make someone else's life better, which is, is what he's doing. Or do you say, you know, I have my limits. You know, I will, I will work tirelessly um, to create America back in 1776. But the second they come to my farm with guns, I'm backing out. Right? Who's, who's? I guess that's a personal decision. That's something you have to make on on your yourself. I, when I was writing these down or, or this these topics down, have you ever heard of friends? I'm not going to be able to say it. Jager Stotter, Jager Stotter, Jager Stotter, Jager Stotter. Sounds like a liquor I used to drink. So I like to, <laughs> I like to whenever I'm thinking about this stuff, like, you know, principled things, I think about this guy. If you guys don't know who he is, uh, they made a movie about him called a hidden life. Fantastic movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a little weird cause it's a, a Terrence Malick made it. And he's kind of does weird that he did, um, the thin red line. So it's kind of oh, like okay. bizarre, weird, like just a picture of a tree and then a battle. Um, but this guy, so he, this guy went to the guillotine. He went to the guillotine. He had two little kids. He had a wife. Uh, he was in Austria during World War II. And uh, what happened is back then, everyone had to be in, in the, the Wehrmacht. They were all in the military. And when World War II kicked off, he's like, "There, I'm going to have to go. And I'm not pledging allegiance to Hitler. I'm not doing it. And everyone's like, dude, if you don't do that, they're going to kill you. And he's like, yeah, but I can't, I can't do that. I'm like, well, just say it and don't mean it cross your fingers or something. He's like, I can't say it. The words can't come out of my mouth. And so like the, the family's getting tormented by the locals. Cause they're like, this guy's just going to get us in trouble and blah, 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 blah. Ends up going, you know, they call him up, uh, again, his principles were there and he didn't do it. He didn't pledge his oath. They threw him in, in jail. They offered him the ability to, uh, he got tortured and be, I mean, you know, typical Nazi stuff. He, he, he had the ability to work as a, um, like a non-combatant, uh, medic. And they're like, you can live. You can, when the war's over, you can go with your family. Just say these words. Nope. Nope. And not so at all. they took him off with his head. That was it. And he was like 30. So, I mean, it's like, I don't know. It just serves as a good example of Lieutenant Colonel Scheller said, uh, you know, healthcare for my family at $500, whatever TRICARE is, $500 a year. Um, a pension for whatever Lieutenant Colonel makes uh, in the pretty Marine Corps. Good, pretty good. Uh, I'm going to take all that. And, and it, it serves an inspiration. Agree, disagree with, with what he did. That's fine. We can argue all day long whether he should be charged or not be charged. But to have conviction about something where you say, 
all this bullshit isn't worth a moment of my life. I am going to stand for what I stand for. And I mean, it's, it's inspiring. And I, I, I think he's a patriot. I think he's a hero. Yeah. Uh, Gunny Wolf asked, is it, is it now chain of command or chain of demand? I wouldn't be able to look my son or my daughters. Yeah. Yeah. Or my wife in the eye. If I backed off, if I got off of that hill. Yeah. I'm dying on that hill. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Could and you imagine? Hey, uh, you're gonna get down on one knee, or you're, or you're gonna, or you know, you can get me. Yeah, I'm dying. No. On, I'm dying on yeah, that yeah. hill. Let's go. I'm dying on that hill. The only, get, the only way to get me to kneel is to take a baseball bat to my knees, and I'm gonna <laughs> fight like hell to not. Or, or plenty of whiskey and lo- I, not, not whiskey. <laughs> plenty of whiskey and Jeremy and baby oil. Speaking oh, of which, no. hey, hey, uh, smell my finger. No, uh, oh yeah, no. Jeremy. No, thank you. Okay. Why do you, you want to sure? smell his finger? Because it smells like freedom. Where'd you go? Where'd you go this week? Oh, is that what his name was? Oh, yeah. Was his, name? his name is Devin. Devin Hughes. He's getting married next weekend. We <laughs> did go to his bachelor party, and we spent like a solid four hours or so on the range this past weekend. I haven't shot in forever, because every time you pull the trigger, you pull it twice, it's a buck. Even with like nine mil. Yeah. Uh, the friend that brought ammo was just like, here you guys go. We are like, oh. You guys are shooting full auto. You were any any antics, anything? Uh, um, they had some tannerite out there. Oh, nice. <laughs> so we've been shooting tannerite. We've been shooting seven six twos. Everything at these steel targets are fifty yards away, and the range guy that's behind us is absolutely amazing. So Devin takes my my FN, and we've been pelting these targets for hours. He takes my handgun, fifty yards away, pops it once. The whole thing falls over. He's like, "You sons of bitches! I'm not done yet." So he calls ceasefire. We set the targets back up. And as he sets the targets back up, we all come back. New people come on the line and we're waiting. He's like, so range is hot. Range is hot. Range is hot. He bring, we bring out this AK with the short barrel and big muzzle brake on it. And you hear boom, boom. Just a flamethrower. And we're recording (laughs) it. So we hear boom. So they have the, the special, the spec ops, um, headsets where right. they can you could talk normally. Yeah, yeah. I don't. They're beautiful. And I'm already deaf. They're so worth it though, because so they're almost <laughs> like they're almost like external hearing aids. I so, wear them sometimes when I can't hear. So our buddy oh, yeah. Nick is just going to town, boo, and I'm like, everyone on the line is like back up going, <laughs> and I'm like, he's got a huge dick. Not forgetting that they can all hear normally. Uh, right. Everybody else on the line has the fancy ones, but me. So I'm screaming down the line. He's the only one shooting, and I'm like, he's got a big. Toast. Everyone's like. Now I know what to get Jeremy for for Christmas, a pair of uh, high-speed ear pro. I mean, it would help because I'd stop screaming. I mean, is it really worth it? Because he's kind of deaf, so is it like really worth it? I was already deaf. He's both deaf in the cool term, deaf comedy jam, old school, and he's deaf (laughs) in the real... Oh, wait, hold on. I'll give it to me. Did he just try to go urban? Jeremy, I'll take it. I'll take it. Did he just try to go urban? He did. He's going to take that on my chin. I went old school. Oh, really? Oh, really? <laughs> so for those who are just joining, if you say something stupid, that's just not funny. It's almost like shooting a 50 cal at a, at a uh, what do you call it? A steel plate and catching a, a recoil that, I mean, a ricochet. Um, ricochet that hits you off the side of the head. Speaking of Gunny Wolf, uh, we got a package from Gunny Wolf. Uh, Gunny Semper sent us Tunes. his massive package. Love it you, is. Gunny. It's a big, big gunnery sergeant package here. Let's take Uh-oh. a look. All right. It's something in there for me and you. Ooh, there is a lot. Oh, of which, results. by the way, Frank, you got to send him your address. You know, yeah. When you were here last week, he asked for your address. He's going to send you something, too. Oh, okay. This is special stuff. Hold on. Let's see if I can. All right. We have Certificate of Semper Fidelis. See, I never, I, I enjoy uh, when you guys say Semper Fi, and you guys say it to me all the time, and I never know what to say back. 
Because I say feel raw, like, raw, kill, or I mean, can I say Semper Fi back? I yeah, feel like that's, sure can. Oh, okay. Well, that's no. that's like the appropriate response oh, to okay. a Marine. I felt like it was, uh, this one is, ooh, to 21 Gun Podcast, to Jeremy. Uh, Yo, suck it up first. Oh, there's all sorts of, <laughs> there's all, hey, look, you got yourself a crayon. I'm going to hold this up to the camera. Let's see if we can see. Uh, oh, thank you, and Semper Fi Wolf. And he said it's a one of a kind as well. It looks Oh, that is Yo. absolutely awesome. Yeah. I'm going to frame the shit My out of My greasy that. fingers are all over. Here, put me on, on the big screen. Dick. That is can, oh, absolutely awesome. Look at Jeremy. Come on. Remember? Look you at are, that, man. You are, that is beautiful. You are what we call uh, the producer. So that looks just like stuff. me, just one, not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let me look at the next one. And you get the certificate. This Yo, is that is sl- gunny. Dude, that yeah. is fucking awesome. This is great. This is It's going on the wall. My room here, I've got uh, a bunch of just... Uh, this room has everything special except that wall. I just had nothing there, so I put a stupid map. I'm like, I don't know. It was a navigator. I'll put a map up there. Yeah, that map was like of a, the world. How fucking so, cliche. Yeah, I know. I know. And he still can't find his way around on I it. I still can't <laughs> open up. I can't. A lot of people. A lot of people always say, "Why do you Same always get jelly lost?" Sign known as Yellowstone. They're like, "Why do you always get lost? You're a you're a navigator." And I was like, "In an airplane, you point the nose. <laughs> In a car. Okay, here we go. This one looks more like me. Uh, Twenty one gun podcast to Kevin. Thank you and Semper Fi Gunny Wolf nine nineteen. 21, the year that 1921, Damn. the year that Frank was. Nice. Look at, I got a crayon Get as well. Get the brown crayon. Oh, and the brown, cra- the crayon is signed. Yo. Yeah. Dude, Gunny, you are like official, bro. Yeah. This, he's legit. He's a, we would call a national treasure. <laughs> I used to have a seat here. I could put this shit down. On. Or you it's put it back in a box. box. Mm-hmm. Just, uh, it's going on the ground. Oh, it's it's fine. It's in a. He probably broke the fucking crayon. That would suck. I don't make me feel bad. (laughs) Jerk, Gunny. Thank you very much. Check out Semper Tunes. Um, just put Semper Tunes in. It'll take you. You can't miss it. Yeah, every place on earth. He's also on uh, Instagram. And if you want to hear his interview, it was like what two weeks ago? Last week? I don't remember. Two. It was the nineteenth. It was two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. What did we do last week? Did we have a show last week? I know we did. did. We did. did. We had Frank in, but it wasn't it wasn't Gunny. It was two weeks ago. Who did we have last week? <laughs> a bunch of guys oh, on TV. Oh, yeah. they, uh, you had the quad. Uh, the quad amputee. Oh, yeah, yeah. right, right. That guy was awesome. I loved him. Yeah, let's uh, give him a high five. Mm. Oh, oh. Uh, Jeremy. I got it. <laughs> The beautiful thing about it was John Peck. The beautiful thing about John Peck is I think he would enjoy that. He was, yeah, oh God, uh, he had yeah. an awesome sense of humor. Um, yeah, so that's the one. Gunny is um, him and Frank. He wanted both their addresses to. He's gonna. They're gonna do something special okay. for him too. All right, that's all I have for that. Oh, I do have uh, one a other thing. Guest, yeah. I, I have a couple. Well, yeah, we have a special guest. I have a couple other uh, articles. Should we bring them up? I don't. I don't see I mean, why not. I mean, if you got one more, I mean, it's it. up to you. So Task and Purpose has reported renaming of military bases. Now, I'm, the reason why I want to talk <laughs> oh about this my one, God. but listen, listen, and and I, I just want to, okay, I'll read what they say here and then I'll, I'll give you my thoughts. So uh, they have something called the, com- this is this is the legit name. This is the legit name of the commission. The Commission on Naming of Items of the Department of Defense that commemorate the Confederate States of America or any person who served voluntarily with the Confederate States of America. That's the name of the commission. It's the I'm confused. Wait, already. That whole thing. I'm that whole confused. thing. That's the commission's name. Uh, 
yeah. <laughs> Anyways, they need our help. So they want us to uh, rename nine U.S. Army forts and two U.S. Uh, US Navy ships. They're doing Navy ships too? Yep. I'm, I'm wondering, did they... Ne- no. I was going to say that, I, that, that. I know we can uh, rename Fort Bragg too. Fort Bragg. Fort Bragg. Yeah. Did you hear they're going to do that? I, look. So here's my question. Here's my question. And I was, I was texting Frank about this. I was like, mm-hmm. if... So... <sighs> If I was in Ireland, right, Northern Ireland, Southern, whatever, whatever part there, and and they had a, a statue to one of the generals or the admirals that just decimated the Irish people. There's a whole, there's there's argument to be made that the British uh, performed genocide, especially in 1847, on uh, the Irish Irish people, Irish population. Uh, and then every day I'd walk by and see that, I'd be like, man, it's kind of fucked that I gotta I gotta look at that guy. But that's is that. Or, or is it not? Because, see, I'm going to tell you the truth. I don't really look at statues. <laughs> I walk fair. by. I don't go, no, look at that statue there. That is a um, World War I um, doughboy. But I know. Did you, I like, mean, lick the carbon on it and be like, we should change it to this yeah. based off the barometric so, pressure? So and- I honestly don't know. I don't know what the answer is. Uh, I want to get you guys' opinions on what they should do. Are you sure you want my opinion on this? I do. Yeah, okay, absolutely. We totally absolutely. asked. We totally asked. Okay, so... If you change the name from uh, Fort Lee and all these other like different places, whatever, because of you know, because it was oh they were slave owners or they were this or they were that, you change the name. Okay, so you've changed the name. Did you change the history behind whatever it was? Ooh. No, no, you just changed no. the name. Yeah. Did you change whoever was hurt by whatever it was ever so many years ago? Did you change anything? Right. No, you didn't. You didn't change a damn thing. My point. And then, uh, and I did see that oh the one that they want to change it to was uh. The one um, the Medal of Honor winner, and it's like, oh, I want to change it to his name. Okay, fine, but what did you affect? Yeah, I guess you're right. Like, what do you do? Erase history? Exactly. The the history or whatever behind mm. it hasn't changed. So now, so okay, so because you and the thing is, people don't understand the slippery slope that you open up when you do things like this. So now, what are you gonna do? Like, no one named Lee can now join because your name has a negative connotation in the military. Yeah. Okay. So funny enough, in, like in the article, you can, it's too, you add too much on to the back end of it. Like it's okay. So apparently they, what they made with, with the reading the article here, it says that they've even made some people have make, they make fun of obvious suggestions like, Forty McFort. Yeah, face. that was a real yeah. base. They almost base face, posty McPost face, and campy McCamp face. Well, did you know they actually did that? Yeah, Those in Great Britain, there. they had to name a boat Bodie McBoat McBoat face. face. <laughs> yeah, because they asked yeah. the public to make a. They ended and they up got saying the most votes. Yeah, they ended up, I think, naming it to a small sub or something. But Bodie McBoat face. It was going to be like on one of their large destroyers or something. Yeah. But they made it a, to a submersible. Yeah, but yeah. it's like um, High Point. Had to name their oh, new hand the cannon the Yeet Cannon. Yeet Cannon, yeah. Because they put it up to a vote. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's like, so you, one, you open yourself up to parody. Right. So now you're at the mercy of the public. The other problem is, you know, you don't change history. You just don't. I don't know. So what it's kind of pointless. <laughs> 840. Oh, 840. Okay, yeah. We'll bring up our, uh, our guest here in a second. I don't know. Uh, I think. I, I, see, this is why I love the show. This is why I love bringing up these conversations because I, I didn't think of it that way, right? I mean, it's obvious. You, you're, you can take down. What do they do? They just took down Journaly out yep. of out yeah. of um, uh, yep. Virginia, and that, and that ended all slavery. That ended everything that ever happened. Yep. No, oh, so it's all over. So how about? But okay, <laughs> then you say that, you, uh, right? So so then, I was like, do you 
you just teach it, right? You just say, hey, this is what happened. This is what happened. Yeah, and you don't put your opinion, and you don't say that. You say, this is this is American history. You don't spin it with your agenda. This is still what happened. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the problem. They're not. Uh, yeah, they're it. taking yeah. it out of out of books now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No one knows anything. No one knew anything about it. No one would have known about it unless you said something about it. Did you know? This is this is before we we'll, we'll move on after this, or we'll bring our guest up. But did you know that the founding fathers? This is like. It was eerie how smart they were. These dudes were like in their 20s. They were young. We always picture the old guys with the white wigs and all that stuff. No, these dudes were young, or most of them were young. They were brilliant. James Madison, brilliant. Uh, Jefferson, brilliant. All these people had minds that all happened to show up in a desolate country uh, in the middle of nowhere at this exact time. They knew, and I feel this way, and if you read into a lot of the writings of the, the Founding Fathers, I do this a lot, they knew that slavery in the colonies and in, in Great Britain, it was going to end. They, they knew it was going to end. They knew it was going to run, its course was going to run. Uh, the problem was, and, and that's where they say, you know, America is what, ir irreparable and, and Reparable, from its, yeah, yeah like we, we can't heal from our, our wounds or whatever. They knew, they said, this experiment, which is going to be America, mm -hmm. is going to lead to that. That's why they put free man, and that means women too, but that's why they put uh, in the in the writing. And people say, well, it's ironic. They said it was a country of free men and they had all these slaves. Yeah, it was at the time, but they also knew that it couldn't survive. It right. couldn't last. And then eventually, they knew it was going to be a civil war since they were writing it down and talking about it. They're like, well, we're going to have a civil war because we don't know what to do about slavery. And if they said at the time... Uh, okay, we're not gonna we're not gonna allow slavery. That there's no way the 13 colonies, especially the southern states, would ever sign up, and there would be no America today. So they kind of, uh, historically speaking, yes, there's atrocities. There's atrocities everywhere. Look at the freaking Mayans did, right? So do you mm -hmm. go after do you go after uh, Mexico for what 2,000 years ago these people did? Or, or so you look at the history and you say, yeah, but you also have to understand it, and you can't look at it with the the view of us modern day people with cell phones and all this stuff. You have mm -hmm. to look at it like we are in a wilderness. We're going to break off from a, from uh, Great Britain. We're going to have a country that is unlike any country that's ever existed, full of freedom that no one has ever known. And they're all together in their one place and they create it. And yeah, it, it, in order to get it to where it was, they had to make amends. And the amends, that was one of the amends, but they knew it was going to end. And there's yeah. argument too, there's argument too that there should never mm -hmm. been a civil war that that slavery would have just, or the South would have just consumed itself and then it would have just ended on its own. But you never know. I agree. I don't know. That's just my two cents and I'm a brilliant person, so write and it I, down. And I'm the philosophical And one? you're philosophical, Frank. All right, uh, Jeremy, I didn't rehearse. I didn't rehearse how I'm going to do this. So real quick, Kevin's yeah. going to go ahead and change his shirt. Oh yeah, let me change my shirt real quick. Uh, hold on. <laughs> Should I just go naked? How do I look right now? Oh, okay. you look like you're uh, totally fumbling with <laughs> oh, your balls. You went back to me. Hold on. Okay. I know. Hold on. But okay. that's, I was doing that on purpose. Okay. Because you were following now, your mic all great. Here man. I go. No problem at all. I mean, I, I think I told you I've been doing this for eight years and it's like you, you just if you get upset with that stuff, then do a different job because I mean, trying to coordinate, especially it's weird. I'm not talking. What? Coast, what? Uh, that screws things up all the time, all the time. So. All right, Jeremy, uh, let's bring up our guest. We have Don Tran on tonight. Don is a former special operations Marine Raider. He's a CrossFit athlete. I'm probably getting in trouble because uh, Jeremy always corrects me when I use former 
Um, but we'll see what Don says after that. He's a CrossFit athlete, deep end fitness and certified personal trainer that specializes in functional fitness right up my alley uh, and aquatic training. Uh, strong, accountable professionalism, transitioning from military to civilian life, graduated from Chapman University. Interestingly enough, my uh, service dog is named Chapman after the great combat controller John Chapman. Uh, with a Bachelor of Science in Business Administration, is currently attending the Executive MBA program at Marshall. Welcome aboard, Mr. Tran. Thank you for having me, brother. Appreciate hey. It. No worries. Did I now let's 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 clear this up from the get go. As a former Air Force officer, I, I make faux pas uh, all the time. Uh, it's just so when you're talking to someone who's a Marine, right, is a Marine, you just can't because, you, you know, I used to be uh, in stockbroking. I used to be a medical assistant. I used to be a navigator. I'm, I'm really not those things anymore. So do you ever take offense to the former title? Uh, I do not whatsoever. Um, All right. um, I, I say that because, of, of course, I'm proud of uh, where I come from in the Marine Corps. Uh, it's definitely taught me um, a lot of things, accountability, and made me really much into the man I am today. But I say former, and I'm 100% okay with that. And I, I tell people I'm a former because that was um, a part of me in, in my past. So I kind of leave that behind, and I kind of focus on the present uh, as well as the future. Um, so, yeah. Sure. That's a great way to look at it. In fact, Jeremy should take a lesson from that because, uh, yeah, I get yelled at all the time. So, uh, you know, you, you talked about your community. We know all about the SEALs. Everyone knows about the SEALs. Just turn on, turn on, tonight, turn on TV and you'll see something about the SEALs. We know about the Special Forces, right? We know about the, the Green Berets and Delta. Uh, we even, to some degree, there's going to be a movie out about the uh, combat controllers, the Air Force combat controllers, I don't know when, next year with Jake Gyllenhaal, who's actually playing Chapman, my dog. <laughs> Uh, there he is right there. Uh, that's that's how live stuff works. Our dog just freaks out. Anyways, we know a lot about all those, but I, I personally, I don't know if, if it's just me, I don't know much about the MARSOC community um, and the different units because there's Stay, there's Scout Snipers, there's Recon, and maybe they're not even MARSOC, and, and I believe you were a Raider? Yes, I was. Um, yeah, I could definitely break that down for you. Awesome. Um, we have a movie as well, though. I don't know if you've ever heard of uh, Den of Thieves. Uh, it sounds familiar. It's that sounds like something that uh, who's that who's that Scottish guy or whatever that that taken that guy. I can't think of his name. Uh, sounds like Liam something Neeson. he he would be Liam Neeson. Sounds like something he would be on. That's pretty much what all Raiders are. Liam Neeson in the movies. <laughs> <That's funny. laughs> no, but it's a it's a movie about um, uh, these ex or um, former Marine Raiders that uh, formed a pretty much a gang and they robbed a whole bunch of banks. Oh, really. Um, yeah, and they get in a whole bunch of gunfights with the cops and stuff like that. It's a good, it's a good movie. I can't remember exactly who's in it. I'll, That's a I'll new one, it. right? I feel like I. It a sounds like old. a recent one. Okay. Yeah, a few years old. But um, yeah, so I guess a little bit of history about the Marine Raiders is um, Marine Raiders was started. The original unit was started in World War II as part of the island hopping campaign uh, to fight the Japanese um, in the Pacific. So is that Merrill's? Merrill's Marauders? Or no, that's Merrill's Marauders. Carlson Raiders. Carlson Raiders. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I think there was two battalions back then as well. And um, that's how they started. But after World War II, uh, after they crushed all the island hopping campaigns, they kind of shut the units down. So those units kind of became, I think it was like 1-4, 1-1, and some other units. That, so that's why you still see some of those guys from um, First Marine Regiment call themselves Raiders from like boat companies, wherever that is. But um, 
I think in 2006, it was um, Secretary of Defense uh, Rumsfeld like declared that the Marine Corps also needed uh, an arm within SOCOM. Um, right. So then that's when they kind of stood up. So it started off with uh, Debt One, which was comprised of nothing but force reconnaissance. And those are kind of the backbone of um, MARSOC, what it is today. And came up with this um, pretty much uh, direct action and special reconnaissance unit. Um, and then after that, once Afghanistan kind of proved the a proof of concept, and then um, now it kind of formed into what MARSOC and with Marine Raiders are today. So MARSOC is the component, which is the command, which is Marine Special Operations Command, and then the Marine Raiders are are the men um, comprised in it. The name changes a lot too, right? I feel like I've I've heard them called a bunch of different things. Yeah, I don't think we got the Marine Raider name and like our little uh, insignia. Uh, until like 2016, um, okay. right before I got out. So it was cool wearing that thing before I got out of the military. That's a, that's a badass symbol. Uh, I looked at it and it's a badass name because you know, every, like I said, everyone knows the seals. Um, but, uh, Raiders, come on. That's a, that's we made a, it, uh, specifically bigger just to be a, uh, like a millimeter <laughs> bigger than the trident. Are you serious? Uh, yeah. Just to kind of shove it in her face, but no, nah, I'm just kidding. It, it's, it's pretty close in size. Definitely close in size. Do you guys, how does it work compared to other um, branches? Do you guys, is it all volunteer or do you pick? Do you kind of, yeah, like the Delta so, kind of recruits? I think it, this is the only unit uh, within like Whitesoft that uh, requires you to have um, operational experience before you try out. So for my path um, and still is now you, it kind of required you to have like a deployment or a lot of time uh, under your belt. So pretty much like a first enlistment before. Oh, okay. so I did two deployments to Iraq before I actually tried out for um, the Raiders. Um, so after you, you kind of decide that you want to go, you put in a package for selection. Um, and then rent currently selection process now is like six weeks long, three weeks of like weeding out all the physically unphysically fit people. And then you go to like an unknown location. Then you do your team events, which is still physically challenging. Um, your individual events, a lot of land nav. Um, and then a lot of like stress induced or like see how you do under pressure and like, yeah, the, scenarios and kind of stuff like that. So I'm, I'm sure you guys went through the same thing. Well, do, do you have the, um, the drown proofing? That's like that is everything that I could be faced with drown proofing seems just terrifying to me. Um, we do that before we go to dive school. So we have okay. our like dive screener, our pre dives. And then, um, when you get to our dive school, you do the SOCOM screener, um, which you do the drown proofing or the SOCOM dive screener is what they call it. But that's the drive proofing test as the first thing before you go in. Awesome. Yeah, I went, I, I was, <laughs> I was under contract to go attack P and the reason why I wanted that job was cause there was no drown proofing every other, every other operations field in the air force was there was drown proofing. And I'm like, yeah. It, and this actually is something interesting to talk about because if you have anywhere in your brain, like even all the way back in the lizard brain where you're like, that scares the fuck out of me. I'm not sure I can get through that. You probably won't get through it. Right. Um, well, I mean, like we run a program now called Deep End Fitness, and it's uh, we do a lot of military prep for guys that are getting ready to go into special operations, whether that's buds or whatever it is. And we teach them how to mentally prepare as well as physically um, give them some tips to pass successfully through their dive screener uh, and doing the drown proofing portion. Okay. Um, so it's definitely trainable for sure. And everybody has that fear and anxiety of being underwater at some point, you know, whether you're the best swimmer in the world. Um, if you take enough breath away uh, and you put it you down there enough, it's just kind of working through that mental piece and not freaking out. 
Sure. Yeah. I, I think about it and it's like, you know, I grew up in the pool, but then I think about hands, feet, and then that whole coming up for your breath and then blowing it out long enough so you can come back up and it like, it gives me anxiety at my age. I'm like, I don't know yeah, if, if I could do that. I would love to try it. Maybe I'll go to your, your uh, gym and see if we I could try it. Yeah, that would be wow. awesome. You take old guys with bad backs and brain injuries. <laughs> we, have, we have everyone, every age from, uh, we have kids programs. We have, um, the most significant was, uh, Dominic Cruz's, um, mom. She was a synchronized swimmer and she's like 68 years old nice. right now. And she came out and she did deep in fitness and she did play the underwater Tokyo game and just crushed everybody. Um, That's so awesome. that was awesome to see and humbling experience for everybody at the pool. Does uh, service run in your family? Um, so my dad came over from Vietnam in, uh, 1975 and he fought in the South Vietnamese Navy. Um, and okay. he was actually, um, sponsored to go to OCS, his version of OCS in Rhode Island. Um, oh, wow. yeah. So it was like kind of an exchange program during the Vietnam war that they brought people over to the U S trained them to be an officer or whatever, and then sent them back over to Vietnam to fight. But, uh, yeah. How was, uh, you know, not that we're going to go down this path, but why not? Uh, how was your dad's journey to America? Cause I know I worked for a doctor, uh, up here in, in North Carolina and he was a child, but his mom literally, yeah, they, they, I think he had two or three brothers. The mom was like the, the North Vietnamese army is coming down. Yeah. Uh, and they, they put him on a helicopter and we're like, I hope to ever see you again and sent them off to an American aircraft carrier. Uh, it was his transition or his journey similar to that. Yeah. So, um, when the North Vietnamese like kind of took over, um, Vietnam originally or the North, uh, cause my parents were originally from the North and his fam their families are from the North and my grandparents and everything like that. So they, um, migrated down to the South after everything kicked off. So and the war kicked off after that, a few years after that. And, um, pretty much my dad's and my mom's family, they didn't meet each other until they got to the U S but my parents, both my, their families were in Saigon when it fell. Wow. So my dad literally jumped on like the riverine craft that he had on, went to my parents or his parents' house, grabbed his dad, his um, first sister and pulled him on the boat. The rest of the family was like somewhere else, like trying to hide for safety. So he literally jumped on that boat, got to a bigger U.S. ship. They took him to the Philippines. Um, and then from there, they took another ship to Guam and um, they did the processing there where like a Christian or a Catholic family sponsored him. So for my dad, it was a Catholic family out of Iowa um, that sponsored him, his dad, and my aunt to come over um, and do it. So it's so grateful for this country and everything that it's doing. Similar to the, a lot of things that people are doing right now for the um, Afghans sure. uh, that are coming over. But yeah, that that's that story sounds a lot similar to to the doctor that I was working for, and it, it's quite amazing. And then I was going to say when you were telling that story, uh, how much it sounds like what we're seeing in Afghanistan, which you mentioned, right? Yeah. Uh, even the I I mean, I couldn't you couldn't make up the fact that they were saying to us, to the troops, to the American people that don't worry, we're not going to see helicopters on the roofs of the embassy like Saigon. And then sure as shit, it was like the next day, there's a CH-47 landing on the, on the, on the roof of, and it's like, man. Yeah. yeah. So, I think that picture needs a little context though. I, I had a few friends uh, on the ground over there. Okay. And some of the, the driving routes were blocked off already. 
So there was helicopters coming in and out um, almost daily to transport members of the embassy from the State Department, um, as well as the, the other homies um, coming in and out of there. So um, although there was helicopters on that day um, and people were moving in and out, but that was a typical thing that they were seeing um, pretty much every day. But it could have been for the evacuation. I don't know the full story or the exact sure. situation on the ground. Um, it's but afterwards, I guess, you know, we can see that it was worse than what it really was. Yeah. It's, it's, it. it's called optics, right? You're yeah. like, let's not have bad optics. It's yeah. the wrong place at the wrong time. And, uh, but I mean, and to compare it, I don't even think it's fair because I mean, we are almost overappreciated as a generation of veterans versus the Vietnam guys had to witness that after a decade losing, yeah. you know, 60,000 of their brothers and sisters and then a country that was spitting on them when they came home. So it's like, yeah. I, I don't think it's fair to compare. I mean, it sucks and it sucks for the guys that had to pick through the carnage over there after the bomber and, and you know, all that stuff. But what are you going to do? What was your personal motivation for join, joining the uh, Marine Corps? Um, yeah, so my high school years weren't um, as good as I wanted to be. I was definitely getting in a lot of trouble. <laughs> I'm laughing because that's so common. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So I grew up in, in Long Beach, California, and then got involved with the wrong people, um, doing a whole bunch of dumb stuff, getting arrested and things like that. So I, I was looking for an escape to get out of there. But um, because my story, what my dad was, was telling me, you know, like he was like bringing my, both my parents over it, having a family sponsor them, giving the opportunity to go to college and pretty much giving them an American dream just because their country fell um, sure. was a huge kind of thing. So my dad always told me like one day, you know, our family is going to repay this country somehow. And I, I kind of felt like that was my duty to repay this country. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much why I joined. Did your, so um, your dad was in the South Vietnamese army. Did he end up serving in the American, I'm sorry, Navy. Did he end up serving in the American Navy at all or was his service over? Uh, no, his service was over. He went to school to be um, a physicist um, and, oh, wow. and working for some <laughs> defense companies as an electrical engineer. Yeah. Awesome. That's that's a little bit of a, a jump from uh, being in the Navy to be a physicist. Yeah. Are, are, do you follow in his footsteps at all as far as that goes? Um, I, I am I not. I am not good with numbers. I'm not good with uh, science. Um, I think I'm better at talking to people. So I'm, uh, that's why I'm pursuing my business degree right now and kind of figuring that out a little bit of numbers, but uh, not too much. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's go into uh, the big thing that we, we obviously want to talk about is uh, deep end. Well, we can talk about deep end fitness because it's kind of connected you and your seal buddy decided to carry a 45 pound rock across the ocean floor for five miles. Uh, yeah. That's a pretty, so, I was, I was actually, I was just talking to, um, I was at my son's soccer game and I'm talking to one of the dads next to me and I was like, yeah, I'm interviewing a, a, a guy who did a pretty cool thing. And he's like, why the hell would anyone do that? And I'm like, that's why I'm interviewing him to find out why you would do a feat like this. Personally, I enjoy stuff like that, right? If it's crazy and it sounds hard and it's going to take days or weeks or whatever, and it's yeah, I, sign me up. I think that sounds awesome. But yeah, what were your motivations? Um, yeah, so it was for um, a clothing apparel company called 10,000 uh, that Kaj and I have been working with. So um, they started the series called Feet of Strength. They wanted to show like um, the average person or like just regular athletes can go out there and do something crazy. So they had a whole bunch of series. Um, my friend Michael did 
um, the strongman iron or strongman marathon where he did 26 miles and uh, each mile is at a different event, like handstand walk, sled push, apartments carry for 26 miles. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, so we wanted to originally we're like, Hey, let's do something in the water. You know, he's a seal. Um, and I have this deep end fitness program and I was Marine Raider and, um, we're like, Hey, let's do one mile in the water and and see what happens. It'll give us a free trip to Hawaii, check it out. So when we started training for it, um, I was able to do the mile in like 40 minutes by myself. So I was like, Hey, we need to step this up. So went over to Miami to meet, meet some of the 10,000 crew, their CEO, um, Brian Mazza was, uh, one of our friends was doing this thing called uh, high performance, um, training where he does like a seminar and a retreat kind of thing to bring like-minded people together, kind of break barriers and stuff like that. So I was helping him out and running a deep end fitness session out in, in Miami for him. And I was telling Kaj about this and the CEO of 10,000 Keith Nowak, awesome guy, but he was like, Hey, um, sounds like you guys could do more. And I was like, yeah, we can definitely do more. So it became five miles. Um, yeah. and that was, you know, I mean like the military mindset too, like, wait, what'd you say? You said it can't do it. Then I'm yeah, doing yeah. it with the field. So I'm like, Oh man, you want to do five miles? Let's do five miles, dude. That's I didn't want to awesome. back down from that. No um, way. Nah, yeah, no way. So we went out to Hawaii and uh, we did in Waimea Bay. We had support of the North Shore lifeguards, which um, if you're a surfer and you know the North Shore, it's like a very clicky and like, this is my kind of zone um, kind of thing. But they opened us up, open arms for us, and, and we, we were able to crush it in like um, around six hours. Six hours. Did you yeah. get any, I know it's out in, um, uh, the Pacific, uh, in, in that area, the waters tends to be warm, but still even, even 90 degree weather, seven degrees colder than your body. Were you dealing with any, uh, uh physical issues? Uh, yeah, I mean, a lot more than we could think of. Cause when I did it, the mile in, in the pool, you know, it's like flat ground, you got no current. Um, and I was oh, carrying yeah. dumbbells or a kettlebell. We switched out just to see what, what it was like, but uh, the current was a huge thing. Uh, visibility was coming in and out. Like in the morning, we came and checked it out. It was like crystal clear. Uh, we did it in Waimea Bay. And like the bay going across uh, from one side to the other, I think it was like um, just under 500 meters from one side to the other. So originally, like, hey, that's a plan. The coolest scene, scenic route, flying the drone and all that stuff would be for us to do one side of the bay and back or whatever as many times as we could or just like a reasonable amount. Um, but that was super unreasonable. So it was like me, was, I was swimming on top. And then Kaj was underneath and we would rotate and I was like, holy shit, I'm smoked. Now I got to go down there and do this. <laughs> and we were trying to do 50 meter legs, um, at a time. Okay. And that was unrealistic. So we ended up dropping a line down and then we were just going back and forth So 50 meters there, 50 meters back and rotate 50 meters there, 50 meters back, um, going back and forth. But my toes were cramping, um, cause I wasn't accounting for how much I needed to put my toes into the the sand to keep my traction and keep a straight line because that current was ripping us in and out. Um, and then we got super cold because I think the water was like 76 degrees, which is extremely warm, but your body is trying to pretty much um, warm up the whole ocean. Right. Right. Like by mile, like three, we're like, like shivering. And but if you're shivering, you're burning all your calories and your breath holds goes to shit. Um, so we ended up putting some rubber on, um, some tops on to kind of keep us and stick us through like a one mil. And then, um, like mile four, we threw on another top, like a vest. Uh, so pretty much like a two mil that we were rocking, um, until like the last mile where we took it off just to get some cool content. Yeah. I was looking at the coffee or die, uh, video article. I think it was on there. It might've been on 
something else, but beautiful uh, photography scene. I mean, it looked great because it was what it looked like maybe 20 feet deep and uh, it just it looked like something out of a movie. I mean, it was a yeah. beautiful uh, section there. There's not really, but there's like some turtles swimming across us. That's like, awesome. You know, fishes like schools of fish coming across. I'm like, all right, man, you know, it's, it's going to be okay. Cause like down there, you're so down there for so long and you're repeating it so many times. Like it was definitely getting in your own headspace was like one of the biggest things as well. Like, why the fuck am I doing this again? Sure. But, yeah. That's good. Yeah. Good Jeremy's going to, going to get mad, but I, I, with a bunch of disabled veterans decided to ride my bike across the country. And the hardest part was not, uh, like the Rockies. It wasn't the, the Alleghenies are pretty tough. Uh, but it was that those just straight, uh, Midwest roads for like eight hours at a time, just yeah. nothing changes. You get inside your head, you start to, it's almost like a level of meditation, uh, time yeah. sort of, Bins. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. And I assume that your training and your experiences in Marsoc uh, helped out with this plus deep end fitness. Let's, let's get into that. I want to, I want to know about deep end fitness. How did you start it? Um, it, have you always been kind of entrepreneur minded and did you have any help with starting a business? Like, uh, I like to connect for the people that listen, uh, yeah. different, uh, programs and stuff that help you get that. Um, yeah. So, um, uh, prime is my partner. We were Raiders together. We went to selection together. Um, and after selection, we had like say, or eight months before we went over to ITC, which is the Marine Raiders school or version of our buds or whatever that is. And, um, he was like, he was already working at the pool. He's like, Hey, you want to come work at the pool with me, train and get ready for ITC? I was like, yeah, of course. Uh, it sounds like a great opportunity. And I was in one, four at the time <clears throat> and they were about to pump out on a Mew, which is uh, pretty much a float on a Navy ship in the Pacific. Mm -hmm. And I was like, fuck that. I don't want to do that. I just got back from Iraq twice. So I was like, if I'm not shooting a gun, I don't want to go, you know? <laughs> uh, kind of so I was like, hey, get trained and get ready. So I uh, went through the water survival course when I was there, uh, instructor course while I was there. And then um, we were always doing like some jailhouse workouts. We had like an old rusty set of weights on the side. And we're like, hey, how can we compile some weights, some workouts, um, and incorporate with the water survival training that we were doing to get ready to be like the best shape that we could be? in the water and out. Uh, so that's how it kind of got started. And then we always played this game called underwater football at the time, uh, which is that little toy torpedo. I mean, uh, we know a whole bunch of seals that play it, some Navy divers that play it. Um, and of course, of yeah, course you guys put, do that. <laughs> put kettlebells down at the bottom of the pool or we put um, like a plastic chair and we put a kettlebell on top of it. And then we had to put the torpedo through the base of the chair or whatever that was. So. We always played that and it was like a huge confidence booster that sure. shifted your mindset off of like being underwater for so long and like, hey, focusing on the torpedo or, you know, the task of putting that torpedo in the goal. And you didn't want to lose your friend. So we started playing. We got a whole bunch of guys at Horno or Camp Horno, which is on Camp Pendleton, uh, to come play it. So that was kind of like the start of it. So fast forward, went to ITC. We kind of crushed the water abortion, Prime and I, like helping other people out, saving people and, um, Fast forward, went to um, First Marine Raider Battalion out in California, did some operations in the Pacific or Afghanistan first uh, a few times. And then we went into the Pacific, which we're like, oh, man, we got to get ready to go back in the water and water ops. So we started playing this UTL game or underwater football game with our teams to get ready for dive school and all that stuff as well. So then we we're like, oh, man, this is like a spark. This is something that we were missing. Uh, moving forward. So Prime got out in 2017. I got out in 2018. Um, and the drive for not working for anybody, because we just had some 
in the Marine Corps, you get some shitty bosses or everybody has shitty bosses everywhere, but I yep. just don't want to work for anybody anymore. Um, I, I 100% agree with that sentiment because I, yeah. I still work for someone and yeah, I, I don't know. It kind of sucks. <laughs> I mean, even now as an entrepreneur, you're still working for someone like investors and all that stuff and you're still reporting back, but you get to make crazy decisions that no one that I never thought I would be making uh, with the business. So anyways, we sat down at Prime's house one day when I was like a few months from getting out. I was like, he was like, Hey, you know, we worked together in the past. We've had some uh, great chemistry and we know how each other works and let's start something together. So we explored some few different ideas at first. Uh, Prime had some connections down in Mexico and doing some security contracting stuff down there and starting our own company. But the situation in Mexico was pretty hairy at the time um, with all the cartels and stuff. We're like, okay, maybe not. So let's see what else we can do. And we both love being in the water. We both love this game. Um, so we kind of um, hit up a few of our mentors. Uh, Derek Carrera was the number one one. He was a Marine Raider with us, went to ITC with us, and he got shot uh, in the chest and is paralyzed from the leg down. But he's gotten out a few years before us and he started this company called Spinal Singularity, pretty much creating um, a catheter um, like um, urinating system for people that are paraplegic. So they wouldn't have to put that thing in their bag. It was like a button that you can hit and it would help them pee. So you guys check it out if you're disabled vets. Um, sure. And then uh, he was like, hey, you can get a proof of concept, create two teams for Lenoir Torpedo League and um, get some people out to watch it and figure out a way to so people could watch it. Um, you have a business concept. So that's what we did. We got a pool in Oceanside and one in San Clemente, um, just the north side and south side of Camp Pendleton. And then um, we created two teams and we played and we got some uh, GoPros, ran it with a wire. Um, to a laptop, to a TV and had people watch it. And that was kind of the start of it. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And and now it's, it's like a full up gym type of thing with, I mean, if you like doing <laughs> atypical workouts where you said functional fitness and stuff, uh, man, that's about as atypical as, as it gets, I think. What, what's the website people can look at that? Yeah. Uh, so we have two, one is called, uh, deependfitness.com and that's just a training aspect of it. And then we have, uh, utlnation.com, which is the sports side. Okay. Um, and then we just launched our, uh, mindset coaching platform as well. It's called the uh, free your mind or fymcoaching.com. Awesome. Did yeah. you, did I see something, uh, when I was looking up for stuff to talk about, are, are you guys associated at all with force blue? Um, so the five mile walk, which I should definitely mention underwater was, um, to bring awareness to force blue. So, um, donate some money with that, um, to force blue. And that's a soft veteran organization where they get, um, Navy divers and you don't have to be soft, but veterans to help out with ocean conservation, um, and just getting guys together to help replant reefs, um, and clean up the ocean. Yeah. We had uh, Rudy Reyes on, uh, I don't know, a year ago or so. That guy's awesome. He has the most, that. He's the most motivational person I ever met in my entire life. Well, I'm like, and super yeah. friendly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was, it, it's actually, it's one of the, the the things that listeners bring up a lot is he, during the interview, uh, he was on a, on the phone. So we didn't have, um, uh, a camera on him. He's like making sandwiches. He's taking a piss in the back. You can just hear all the noise and he's just going into these like deep metaphysical rants about, <laughs> about life and survival. And man, the dude's awesome. Uh, yeah, he is for sure. Yeah, yeah. He's a awesome. Well, Hey man, uh, awesome feet. I love it. Uh, maybe if I'm ever out, you're out in San Diego. Yeah, we have pools in, uh, LA down in San Diego and then, uh, some on the East coast as well. I'm trying to expand to Hawaii 
um, San Antonio, Austin, um, nice. the Bay Area, and Vegas. Nice. I like that. So, so this yeah. is more than, than just one area. We have a lot of people out in San Diego. We have, uh, the vet TV guys are out there and I know there's a huge contingent of most of them are Marines, but, uh, we have some other branches represented. So, uh, yeah, if you're in the area, look them up and, uh, I don't know, jump in a pool with a 50 pound weight and see what you can do. Well, I assume there's yeah. a little build up to that, <laughs> right? You know, <laughs> you wouldn't want to. Nah, just... That's it, man. Take a swim. Nice. Nice. Hey, yeah. uh, Don, I, I really appreciate it. Um, if people didn't like you didn't share your stories with us, we wouldn't really have a show. Um, but yeah. And now the question I ask everyone is, uh, can we get you on a Silky's hike to represent, um, uh, your side of things? And, and if you don't know what a Silky's hike is, you can also ask what, <laughs> what it is. Um, it sounds like you put some Silky's on and you go ruck um carrying a flag or something you got it your country your unit um and then doing it for a good cause raise some money for some of the homies that need help that's exactly it we're um irreverent warriors and that's what we do across the country so and i know we have one out in san diego that's where the founder of us don um donnie o'malley he's out there so uh yeah i'm pretty sure uh there's a hike out there there's one in oceanside uh i don't know there's so many i I don't even know anymore but uh yeah sweet awesome Uh, That's like my only job is just to get people to show up. So, uh, (laughs) but hey, listen, I appreciate it. um, And we'll be in touch because someday I do want to try out that uh, 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 water fitness thing because water is definitely uh, not my friend, but it could be. It's all about attitude, right? Yes, that's right. All right, man. All right. Thanks for coming on, brother. Later. Uh, And thank you, everybody, for watching. That's our show for tonight. Make sure you call, text, write, do whatever you can to get in touch with someone that you served with, uh, someone that you know, heck, even a family member that you didn't serve with that's a veteran. It's all about reaching out to people. Uh, they might get annoyed. They might say, why are you calling me? But it's always that one person that that you actually reach that needs to hear somebody, and that's the whole point of this. So do that right now before this show ends in 10 seconds. Uh, text someone that you served with and we will see you guys next week. I have no idea what the date is. Whatever today is plus seven days. Just be there next Sunday night, 8 p.m. East. Um, Good night.